but the public you will know that in a second but but Zach's never give up this really kind of impressed me when he presented it to the class and I've kind of adopted it as a theme song and so when he gets his Grammy or his Emmy or his soundtrack or whatever he'll get he'll be able to kind of say that you heard it here first on the Tom Ficklin show so welcome good morning this is the Tom Ficklin show and it's really a pleasure uh, to have have everyone join us we uh this this month September uh is just we're into our our, our second year, and it's really kind of a pleasure to have the WNHH uh, audience uh, available in the New Haven Independence kind of vision with Paul Bass as being the, I call him the Moses, and I don't mean that from a, a uh, sarcastic or a categorical standpoint or even trying to make an, an aspersion about his religious beliefs, but just someone someone has to always kind of be that, take that leadership role and kind of also create something that lasts for a while. So so shout out to you, Paul. Uh, today, we really had the pleasure of having Raheel Rajiani, uh, Robert Rock, and Carrie, Carrie uh, Weisenthal with us and, and, and their students at the Yale Medical School. Actually, I got to think of a different term other than students. When you get to the medical school, there's something different there kicking in. It's, it's not just, it's just like your elementary school students, but, but, but learners for life. And they're, they're representing something really interesting. We're not going to chance to cover and unpack all of what this word means, but the, the uh, Yale United States Health Justice Collaborative, uh, the Yale um, United States Health Justice Collaborative, what that is, what it's doing, it's a student initiative, it's innovation, it's creativity, and often we think of, of curriculums and paradigms and institutions of, of having one kind of theme or one kind of a historical legacy in, in terms of their, their product development, their product dissemination, what they're teaching the students. But for, for this Yale uh, United States Health Justice Collaborative to kind of be into effect and come into effect and to be created is really not an aspersion on the, the curriculum that's been presented in medical school education in general and particularly here at Yale, but it's really, it's, and it's more than an add-on. It's, it's really, from my mind, and, and Robert Rock was, was here previously, in my mind, it's just the, the perfect example of what education, it's an education is an evolving situation of education. Uh, is it meta, met, it, 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 I wouldn't say metastasizes, right? I don't, that's a bad word, <laughs> but, 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 it, but it grows and, and it evolves and, and it expands. And so how do you kind of make sure that w- what you, when you're growing something that the weeds aren't there, that the flowers continue to bloom? And we're going to talk about today how the flowers will continue to bloom in terms of medical school education and United States health education and body, mind, spirit education. So, so much, if I can kind of use that, use that phrase. So, so Rob, Robert, good morning, Robert Rock. Good morning. Good morning. And, and Carrie, good is Carrie good? You Carrie, like Carrie? Carrie, Carrie you'll, you'll handle that? All right. Carrie Weisenthal, good morning. And R- Raheel Rajiani. So good morning, everybody. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Morning. Welcome. Good good to see you. Robert, uh, we're gonna, before I just ask Robert kind of kick us off, we're going to talk about the broad definition of what health means from these from the United the Yale United States Health uh, Justice Collaborative standpoint. Um, and I think you might hear some words that might kind of astound you, shock you, you might not be familiar with, you might see them be out of context, but that's part of the show. It's kind of just to help us to expand what we see to be where the world is going from a visionary standpoint and from a Again, from a healthy standpoint, we're going to talk about some of the activities they have coming up. And I really lo- love that part that the show is not just about b- b- my babbling or their babbling for 48 minutes, but things you can get involved with where you can kind of come and babble in person with, yeah. with, with, with other <laughs> folks. Uh, and then again, definitions are really important and partnerships. So, so Robert, kind of kick us off. Yeah. Um, so I guess the def- definition of health mm-hmm. that we yeah, use good. is really broad. Um, it's not just the absence of illness. It's health happens outside of the hospital mm. now every time you say that say, say that again, i guess love the, i just love the fact that when you say that say, say that again about the like the health is not the absence of illness yeah health happens outside of the yes. hospital it's yes. you know it's our physical well-being it's our emotional well-being our spiritual well-being um our physical and that has everything to do with the environment and the community mm. that we exist in 
Um, so if you want to be healthy, you need to be in a healthy environment. You need to eat healthy food. You need to live in a healthy place. Um, so we incorporate all of those things into our um, our definition. Now, you, you could be, and, and Carrie and, and uh, Rahil kind of jump in, you could be confusing our audience because they think I introduced you as attending medical school and that, that's imagine the automatically automatic vision of the white coat in the was it the stethoscope? Yeah. So you're you're you're, sp- you're sounding like something different. I, I would, I guess, different than what better. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> certainly better. New, cer- certainly better. <laughs> well, I think one, one thing. But, but you that see, we you understand know, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. thing that we know is that medicine can really only contribute ten to twenty percent to a person's health, uh-huh. and there's so much more that goes into what makes a person healthy than what actually we're able to do from within the hospital. See? And, right. it, and it's mind-boggling to think about that, right? It's only it, it 10, is. 20% initially. Um, that, sounds, that sounds totally out of sync with what uh, we've been learning. You know, medicine is how we think about health. Yes. Um, but then you begin to look at, at where, we, where health comes in throughout our lives, and it actually makes complete sense. By the time you're getting to the hospital for sickness, you've already been let down by so many support systems, not just primary care, so you're talking specialty care, but you've been let down by education systems that have allowed for the growth of health literacy. You've been let down by access to good health, good food. You've been let down by access to green spaces and learning how to be physically active. There's so many places that contribute to that way before Mm. you get into the, I have heart failure Mm -hmm. side of Mm -hmm. medicine. And and so that that corresponds with the, again, the Yale United States, the Health Justice Collaborative, the, the name kind of all-encompassing and understanding the, the nuance and the continually evolving complexities of things. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the, why we chose the name, mm-hmm. um, I arrived, or we arrived in, in medical school um, at a time when global health was the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the, the programming, they made America seem like it wasn't on the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were very deliberate in calling this organization the United States Health Justice Collaborative. Um, as it relates to health justice, we think you know it has a lot to do with inequalities and injustices, mm-hmm. um, but we want to orient ourselves to improving things. Um, so that is why health justice is indeed, in indeed, the definition. Indeed. And then the collaborative, um, just from what Rahil was saying in terms of like the broad definition of what health is, um, it takes more than an MD, it takes more than an RN, it mm. takes more than any single silo of academia or life or industry um, to correct these problems. So we need to collaborate, we need to speak each other's languages, um, and we need to um, you know, build off of everyone's respective expertise to achieve the, the, the world that we want boy, to. Boy, boy, t- boy t- tremendous. You're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show and have uh, three uh, collab. But how many folks are in the, in the group roughly actively participate? 20, 15, 30? Uh, I'm just curious. I mean, we just had an event on like last Tuesday and uh-huh. I think 60 or 70 people so, so, showed up. See? It's, oh, it's, 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 it's grow It's like, it, like massive. Yeah. So many <laughs> right. of the students there see that to be really part, like a key part of their their, their training, their education, their their mission, their their, yeah. their purpose, kind of thing, and that that's key too. So you're not really like an, an add on, or you're really almost a key part of the curriculum, from what I can tell. We would hope. <laughs> I, I wish that were the case. Well, we <laughs> want it to be the case. We want to be the case. Yeah. But certainly, it is a very loose network, which gives us a lot of flexibility in mm-hmm. what we do. Right. So it is very multidisciplinary, and we'll talk about that. I assume. Good. Good. Um, good. But we are we have faculty involved, and and the way that events get spread, it's which organizations are interested in this particular topic. And then so we sort of 
bring those folks along for the ride, and Tremendous. they may come in and out of that, yeah. Let, let, that space. You know, right here, we'll, we'll jump to the let's jump to the, the multidisciplinary. Uh, you listen to the Tom Ficklin show, and again, uh, Robert Rock is with us, and Carrie Weisenthal. I was kidding, Carrie earlier about Corinne mm-hmm. being her her. Is that the name that's on your birth certificate? That's correct. And so your parents had something to do with that, but mm-hmm. but when but when you came onto the planet, you thought, thought the self definition also pertained to to your own identity growth. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that kind of the fair way of saying it? Yeah. Okay. That's a nice, that's a nice way to say <laughs> it. <laughs> nice way to say, well, no, I'm a nice guy. I have 48 minutes a month, a, a week rather. I try to be nice. Don't catch me on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, uh, and, and Robert Rock is with us. Robert's been on before. But, but Rahil, yeah, let's, let's jump to the multidisciplinary kind of. What, what does that mean? Because I don't want to use too many buzzwords, but it's a key word. And I pe- pe- think people are generally familiar with it. But again, I think it still is foreign when they think of it pertaining to Yona Haven Hospital System, St. Vincent's Hospital yeah. So, um, first of all, credit where credit's due, this whole U.S. US Health Justice Collaborative started with the U.S. Health Justice course, mm. which Robert Rock and Tareem Ramon okay. started. Okay. So, when they first, um, I'm going to let you talk about this. Okay. We have Moses here. Go, go When we um, started the course, we understood that health care, mm-hmm. like in the hospital, happens in an interdisciplinary fashion. So it's not just doctors running the entire hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, there are nurses, there are, there are PAs, there are pharmacists. Um, and so we took all of the health professional schools and wanted to, like health worker schools, um, mm. and um, wanted to incorporate them into the same class because there is nothing about the topics that we discuss in the U.S. Health Justice course that that are unique to medicine versus nursing versus physician uh. associate. So we wanted to put everybody in the same circle because eventually we're going to be working together and mm-hmm, trying to solve mm-hmm, these problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, was really the, the impetus for that decision. Um, and the course went really well. Um, we talked about all of the different um, facets of health, as we've explained, um, and people wanted more. Um, and so we created the U.S. Health Justice Collaborative as kind of an overflow uh, a way to expand the discussion to bring people other than just health profession students into the fold. Yes. Um, and it's been a, it's been a great Broad. success. And yeah. in terms of success, and we know that success is also based on continual input for people, c- continual uh, participation, c- continual communication. So you have an upcoming, we're going to kind of sprinkle the events throughout the next uh, 48 minutes. You have your fix it healthcare at the tipping point and that's open to the public. Yes. Yes. So yes. share with that, because that's what really intrigues me. We have this town gown kind of uh, psychological barrier that sometimes is self-imposed, sometimes is real, but nonetheless, you're doing everything that you can to let yeah. people know that you can still, there's a there's some there's some uh, safe house, some sanctuary spaces yeah. That, yeah. That, that folks can come to. Yeah. So um, you want to take yeah, this? Yeah. Okay. Carrie, Karen, Karen, Carrie. <laughs> so, uh, so the Fix at Healthcare screening, um, so it's happening on October 26th mm-hmm. at 630 um, at the La Casa Cultural House. And basically what it is, is, is uh, there was this film, this documentary that was put together about uh, single-payer healthcare and the fact that it actually makes a lot of sense and it can make us all healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to host an event where we have a screening of this film followed by a discussion with um, experts in the field. We're going to try to bring some people down uh, who can actually talk about this in a real way. And we'd love to have, and our goal is to have as many people there from as many different backgrounds as possible to get as many different perspectives because this is something that affects everybody. Indeed. And yeah, backgrounds and the community. Yeah. yeah. So so in the La Casa house, that's on Park, no, not Park. It's on a Crown. Crown Street. Crown, Crown Street. Crown. And I love it because sometimes you come, come to events that are under the yellow rubric, you 
have to go through a gate or you got to push a gate and but that house is accessible it's really yeah. it's, it's in the community it's right on the and street. so it's it's l-a-c-a-s-a kind of yeah. kind of google it mm-hmm. and it's the uh the latino cultural student, center cultural yeah. center there are four uh, of those on the yale campus mm-hmm. and they've been very intentional about being close to the community and trying to be in relationship with the community so yeah. so again carrie that's when and where uh that's october 26th um it starts at uh six o'clock um, and it will be at the La Casa Cultural Community House on Crown Street. And that's the the film screen, you know, fix it healthcare at the at, at the tipping point, and there there will be a discussion discussion afterwards. I want to jump to the to the young lords for a second, um, because again, I'm so. And, well, before I go to the, to the young lords, we missed you had an event. You have a whole series of events. Yes, and you had one last week. Yes. Talk a little bit, a little bit about that gentleman that was there because I did a little research. I, as you know, Robert, I always say I'm going to come to stuff and I, and I, and I, and I don't make it. But, but the spirit, the spirit is willing. But th- this was the key. All your events are key. But chat a little bit about this gentleman that, uh, that that was there last week. Yeah. So the short title of the event was Toward a Just Health System, and um, our, our guest speaker was Michael Fine. He's a family physician. Um, he's the former um, director of the Department of Health for the state of Rhode Island, um, and we brought him in because he's basically trying to create a uh, single-payer primary care network in for the state of Rhode Island, for, for the various state. cities yeah. in yeah. Rhode Island, mm-hmm. because he understands, as we'll further explore in the Fix-It Healthcare event, um, that there we're, we're li- America has a health market, a healthcare market, and mm-hmm. not necessarily a healthcare system. Say that again. America has a healthcare market and not necessarily a healthcare system. Hmm. Um, and if we did have a healthcare system, this healthcare in the United States would look very different mm. in terms of how we pay for it, how we access it, um, how it considers its position in the community relative to other um, industries and things. Now, so he came that, in that, and That he, sounds like a, a, a two-year course right there, Robert. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me see if I can break that. So some people might equate in their mind systems and, and what do you say, systems of what markets. else? Systems of markets be the same thing. But but the economics and, yes. and what we pay, and, and when you mentioned, Raheel, about and carry as well 15% 20% of your but we but we pay 150% versus so well, we I, pay I, more than but, than every other developed <laughs> nation so to say every every global north nation by and far our health outcomes are worse but if you actually break that down we spend way less than all of these countries in education in primary care in fitness and all so, these yeah. other aspects that contribute to to health so, so that gets into elit- elitism then well, absolutely. That's what I would say. Capitalism, but well, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the two exactly. So, a capitalist framework requires the idea of a free market, so that where there is the most profit, that's where energy goes. And who has resources to provide the most profit? The folks who have the most resources to start with. So, if healthcare centers around that, what we end up with is, is a system where most of our money goes into reimbursing and paying for procedures mm-hmm. that are done by very specialized uh, yeah machines and. <laughs> but all the money going into primary care, well, yeah. there is no money going into yeah. primary care to, yeah. to begin the process of health at the foundation. And I would also say that I think market is very misleading because mm. market implies that there's an equal understanding about price mm. and worth and goods. But uh, you go to a doctor and you sort of the doctor tells you what to do and they went to medical school. So that's what you do. Right. Um, my dad sort of makes the analogy if if plumbers and electricians work the same way doctors do you'd have a million different pipes and, 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 and <laughs> 10 plugs per room in your house, <laughs> right? Mm, mm, um. mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I had an MRI done recently, 
and I got the I, I you know I, I'm not paying for the total cost, but the total cost was like three thousand or something. And that's it's it's, it's a machine, right? That yes. doesn't like is it is there a machine union? Is that price based? No, I'm just I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I know whether the machines had rebelled, but but yeah. So and so when you say single payer, although we're hearing more and more about single payer, uh, and I think we we continue to, and people may not know exactly what that means, but in general, it will help reduce your cost, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and expand the coverage. Is that it? Will help like reduce the the premises that it'll help reduce inefficiencies. Okay. Um, in a way that standardizes the market, stand and doesn't allow people to, you know, use pressures and advantages to charge people ridiculous prices mm-hmm. for things, and allows the entire country to really invest in the things that are proven to improve health and health outcomes. Okay, good. And, and again, it's a pleasure. You're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show uh, and have Robert, Robert. Robert, what's your middle name? Michael. Robert Michael Rock here and uh, Carrie Corinne uh, Ringelheim and uh, uh, Raheel Rajiani. Raheel, what's your middle name? Amin. <laughs> Amin, Raheel Amin, uh, with me. And there's students that, and you're, you're graduating next year? Yes, next, this uh, year. You're, in MD, May. You're, you're, and same. Same graduating? Um, two years. Two, two years. Days. Two years. Uh, and they're, I don't want to say students, they're, they're about, you may see them in your, when you go to your, to your hospital, wherever you might go, you may see them there. But to hear you talk about one of the longstanding institutions in the, in the world, I mean, you go back to, what's it, what's the Hipp- Hippocratic Oath kind of mm-hmm. thing? And, and we know what doctors are supposed to be, but I hear so much of coming from you, and this is the second time I've had a chance to talk to Robert on air. If, if it's not a trying to create a revolution in, in, in the institution, it certainly is re- redefining to, 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 a, to, a, to a substantive degree, to a substantive degree, what the institution of medical care uh, and the system of Medicare and the economics of medical, medical care should be. So you guys, I, I, I want to kind of compliment you per, right now publicly that, you know, 20, 30 years from now, people may look back on this movement that, that you and others, other medical school students have, have been involved with as really maybe making the, the world healthier, assuming that the world, we don't blow ourselves up with North Korea and, and other fair. things. But when you think of the, the white coat, when we had the situation of the, the medical students nationwide mm-hmm. and, and laying down with the, the with white the, coats for black the, lives, white coats for black lives. And just see, I mean, we see these, these movements in other occupations, but for the medical profession, which has typically been perceived to be traditional and people go into medicine for just to get their money. I don't, I don't want to say it, but, 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 the, but to see you, you on the vanguard uh, of the, this tipping point, if you will, of what uh, really caring about the society and individuals. This is impressive. This is impressive. So, I mean, you need, you, you, you deserve, you, you're already making, you're making history, but I can really, I'm really, really impressed. And for it to be at Yale, I mean, let's not take for granted. We're here in New Haven, but there may be, how many roughly uh, medical schools, medical schools are there in the United States? 250, 300, 500, 250, 250. So, you know, there's under 500, there's under under 300, Mm -hmm. and Yale is considered to be in the top five. I mean, top 10, something like that. Top 10. So, for this to take place here, we we, we take for granted when things, particularly I've been here in New Haven since 71, when things happen and we make a mark that it it extends beyond just our local, local environment. And again, with the name, the. the Yale United States Health Justice Collaborative is—it's just it's just so important. You talked about—I just want to take a backdrop real quick. You—you you started a course, mm-hmm. and I want to just elaborate on that a little bit. That's not on the agenda per se, but how students that are listening to this, professors that are listening to this, community people that are listening to this, can realize that you can't impact and make change, even if it's on—if there's a structured curriculum paradigm, book of courses, how you still can be involved and have your imprint and, and express your your innovation and creativity. 
So can you repeat the question? Yeah, how did you start the course? Okay. Because, I mean, there are other people. How did you get permission to start the course? How did you get support to start start the course? So the key thing is that we didn't. I'm assuming students got credit for taking it. No. No, um, we're working on that. Yeah, oh, so, we're working so, so on the, that. Well, see, that's so, so. Yeah, but I will say I, I took this course last year, mm-hmm. and I went to Yale as an undergrad. I've been at the medical school for four years. It is the most important class I have ever taken. At say Yale. that again. Say that again. The Yale U.S. Has Health Justice Elective is by far the most important course that I've ever taken at Yale. And and so this is a course that, although not getting credit, uh, that you found to be significant to you. Yeah, you know, and important you, and also well run. And and. <laughs> And and not provided by any of the professors that are not working. I mean, they're they're getting paid to be professors. Well, no, I, I think the amazing thing is is that this course is run by students. Okay, and okay. and vo- professors volunteer to uh, teach yeah, the individual session. <laughs> um, so it's in. not just <laughs> students like teaching each other. But, um, but nonetheless, the student input and the, and, yeah. the, and the collaboration and the, and the communion, if you can use that term, yeah. d- yes. during the discourse. Uh, Absolutely. Um, so in terms of the key to making the course, I think the single most important thing was that we didn't wait for permission. Um, uh, Tareem and I arrived at Yale. Um, we've had various life experiences that showed us the... Uh, Kareem is same as Karen? Tareem. Oh, Tareem. Tareem. Oh, okay. oh, She's else. not here. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we arrived at Yale. We knew that this was important. We knew that this was going to be an important um, component of our future practice. Mm-hmm. We knew that our future patients deserved this knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... We didn't wait for approval. We just started thinking about, okay, what are the topics that we want mm. to to learn more about? Mm-hmm. And at first, we were just like, oh, we'll, we'll do like four sessions. And as we dug deeper and we did a lot of reading and we asked around, it turned into a semester-long course. Boy, see, see the, just, uh, just the natural growth. Yeah. Again, you listen to the Tom Ficklin Show. And folks can find more, your, your, your Facebook page. To yeah, share, and we have a website as well. Website? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, the website is YaleUSHJ.Wix. Site. So that's w i x s i t e dot com. So and the Facebook page. The Facebook page is Yale U.S. Health Justice. And and you post things. You have videos there. It's really really important because I'm I'm finding in terms of lifelong learning. You may not be able to to attend your upcoming events, and we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other ones. But you can spread the word. Yeah. You can listen. You can be in touch. And it's just in terms of uh, teachings. We hear this. We don't hear the term teaching as much. But I really believe that life can be a teaching opportunity. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. So your ne- your next event is, is is an unusual title. And I was really when I say unusual, I was pleased to hear it. The, the Young Lords Health Justice Grassroots Activism and Lessons for Today on November tenth and eleventh. So it's it's two. It's one and a half days or two days. It's it's a series of events across series two of days. events. The Young Lords Health Justice Grassroots Activism. And lessons for today, November tenth and eleventh. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean, most people see when they think of the Black Panthers. Is this the same like the Black Black Panthers, Young Lords kind of scenario? Um, so <laughs> last year we did an event on like health activism on the part of the Black Panther Party. Okay, all right. Um, but there are a lot of different groups at, at that time doing a lot of interesting yes. things. Um, the Young Lords. You know, people say it's like the Puerto Rican equivalent of the Black Panthers, but they were very intersectional. Mm-hmm. Um, there were non-Puerto Rican Latinx populations that were involved there were african-americans who were involved um and the thing that we really wanted to highlight was specifically the work that they did in new york in the south bronx Mm. and in and like east harlem Mm -hmm. um around environmental justice before environmental justice was really a term Mm -hmm. um and so we've been lucky enough to get in contact with iris morales she was a young lord in the late 60s and early 70s Um, who's a lawyer, a documentarian, an author, and she's coming to Yale um, on the 10th and 11th of November to have a series of events. She's going to 
Um, we're gonna. She's recently written a book. The hmm. book is called "Through the Eyes of Rebel Will." Wh- Through the Eyes of Rebel Will- Women. Um, there's a subtitle, but I forgot it. Um, but the the book is and blind prim- men be- and men being blind was probably the <laughs> subtitle. But um, <laughs> the premise of the book is exploring intersectionality within progressive movements, mm-hmm. specifically within the Young Lords. Um, mm-hmm. In that it was, you know, this um, paramilitary kind of organization um, that a lot of hyper masculinity mm-hmm. that was going on and they called it machismo um and the within the young lords they created a women's caucus mm. that you know made a very a lot of radical assertions that, that there's nothing radical about machismo yes you know um and so in their work they brought you know issues about colorism um homosexuality um and and different things to the fore that the group really did some revolutionary things in how they organized okay. their, so, so the um, public's invited on yeah the public's invited so the book talk is at noon on november 10th i mean that's going to be actually be at the yale law school mm-hmm. um and then around um 5 36 um we're gonna have the film screening palante siempre mm-hmm. palante um in in the hill um and it's a 48 minute documentary about the young lord's party its growth its rise its Tremendous. fall um, and there's going to be a talk back after with Iris Morales and, you know, various people, mm-hmm. um, just, just really put that in context and use it as a way to understand the present and understand what young people can be doing. Um, and then on Saturday, we're going to have an event, um, really about environmental justice, um, and how, you know, environmental racism is, yes, is a yes. significant health yes. predictor. Yes. And these people, like the young Lords were doing incredible things around that before, you know, there were terms for that. Right. So, so the per- and so, and the public is invited. Yes, to all three events. And and the purpose of these is just not mental stimulation, no. but but what you want people to come there and then and then to leave. have a conversation okay. to put the current events in a context to understand the legacy mm-hmm. of these struggles, um, and to know that we are not inventing reinventing the wheel. Um, there are there's a broad community, a broad legacy, a broad literature on these things that we should all be more knowledgeable of but so when they leave what do you want them to do to sign a petition to educate their young child to go to their schools and see if this is being taught to show the film again to buy i would say book? all of those well things. no no i'm just, <laughs> just i'm just giving you some teasers yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i think you know a major um focus of the u.s health justice collaborative like one of our three primary missions is informed action mm-hmm. so this um this event is a form of radical education um in very much in the vein of what the you know the black panthers or the young lords mm-hmm. did in terms of their political education so you know here are these topics but how does it relate to your life okay um how is it you know what we talk about in these various events um resonate with you um and how can that inform how you can work with others to change good, your environment good 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 you listen to the tom ficklin show and hopefully you've enjoyed what we've what i've heard i, I know i i certainly have we're gonna go for another 10 15 minutes Rahil, what's on your mind mm-hmm Well, I'm thinking about the way Rob was just talking about informed action and informed action is a part of a much larger network of how we're, how we're functioning. It's one of the three major parts and related to that, um, just to say first, informed action often happens in the right moment. Um, Mm, mm. In many ways, there's a lot of constant organizing that must happen for work to, for progress to happen. But um, a lot of this work comes in leaps and plateaus or as we see right now, Mm -hmm deep uh crevices back down indeed um but so to be able to to leverage that um that informed action in the right time at the right place uh we need to be building community and that's a lot about the relationships and yes so 
in inviting the community to come to these events and in trying to engage with the community, we're also trying to develop those relationships. So as and when things come up, as and when DACA gets knocked down, as and when um, mm-hmm. the next mm-hmm. new climate change mm-hmm. law gets broken or mm-hmm. replaced, mm-hmm. what are we doing as a community to band together? And when those relationships are already in place, when the work is being done ground up, when there is nothing calling us in this moment, then we have the capacity to do so much more. And I think Carrie has a lot to say on developing those community relationships. Say a lot, Carrie. Let's hear it. <laughs> I think what he's referring to is um, one of... One nice, I th- nice, 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 nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice setup. I gotta, gotta remember that. Harry, that was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> I like so I think one of the things that we're trying to do with the U.S. Health Justice Collaborative is partner with our community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think Yale students in New Haven residents they have a long and storied history yes some of it's great and some of it's not so great yes Um, but what we're really really trying to do is is partner with our communities and become and 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 bring students out and introduce them to new haven in a a respectful way yes so one of the things that we do is on saturdays um we go work in the little red hen it's Uh the west river Mm -hmm. community garden yes uh, started by stacy spell he's Mm -hmm. a Mm-hmm. Well, I think well-known in New Haven, mm-hmm. retired uh, New Haven police detective mm-hmm. and a community activist. Um, and the whole point of that is is nothing more than getting people together and working towards a common goal and having conversations. Indeed. And, and I appreciate you saying that because, again, you know, you guys will be here for two, three, four, five years, whatever the case might be, and you'll go. But still for people, for the community to know that the, the institution, the students, it, you, the familiarity, the names might change, the faces might change, but, but, the, but the understanding of what people are about and, and, and being, able to, being able to work together, that, that can remain constant. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's really what we're trying to build. Uh, and, and that's, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and working together is um, sometimes used in a very kitschy sort of all hold hands sort of way. And I think that's really important that the way that we work together mm-hmm. is not a quote-unquote rising tide lifts all boats. I think what's so important about this is when we engage with the community, we're really conscious of the fact that we are an incredibly privileged place. We hold a lot of power. Mm -hmm. We have access to a lot of resources. So when we engage with the community, um, we have whole segments in the course on community-engaged participatory research, community-based participatory research. And what that essentially allows for and what we do then in the work in our community relationships is that make sure we're listening to what the community needs that they're defining their needs and we are accessing our power and leveraging our resources in ways to facilitate that we can't be going in there defining what needs to be done and i think that that's been a consistent Mm. issue in a lot of the quote-unquote social justice or community service work Mm. this Mm. white savior complex Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's let's jump to because i believe in in, uh, 2018 yeah yeah something that kind (laughs) of nice lead in that kind of kind of a good rehearsal i'm glad glad our rehearsals paid off Uh, let's jump to 2018 because again it's, it's it's showing the the, the the due deliberance the uh the, the thoughtfulness kind of the planting the seed and having the seed grow in terms of your your paradigm for the the course the activities this is just not a one shot or a one off kind of thing you're you're here to, to plant the seed and have it grow to be a sequoia and for other students when they come in to kind of continue to water the ground etc so in february of 2018 something's taking place yeah so um this event is still in the works but in general it's called um you have the title um, but it's based on well we get we have to read the title's yeah. good paved with good intentions i appreciate you passed that on that's, that's called that. <laughs> would you, would, who would like to read the title I'll, okay I'll read, I'll, read, I'll read it paved with good intentions white saverism and the nonprofit industrial complex let me repeat that paved with good intentions white saverism and the nonprofit industrial complex and uh uh that could appear to be too much of a juxtaposition for people 
uh, it could appear to maybe offend their religious philosophy or their uh, their their liberal philosophy or their conservative philosophy. But it's, there's no doubt that we're in a, 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 a historians will view this point to be, as they say, a climax of where we are moving forward. Uh, are we going to evolve into a a better uh, species, or are we going to just destroy ourselves? Literally, it comes it comes down to that for me as I kind of see the, the 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 pros and cons and the possibilities that occur, the the negative as well as the positive possibilities. So to have you, you all, everybody here is under thirty, right? Yes, fair, fair to say you're 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 near you're a little bit over. I I, I am exactly thirty. Okay, so <laughs> I do, everybody here is under thirty one, and, yeah. and and that's so so inspiring to see that your generation understands that we're at this this, this tipping point is is is, is, a, is an understatement yeah. so even to be able to phrase uh, to to create this phrase of paved with good intentions white saverism and the nonprofit industrial complex is just so refreshing for me as a, as a member of the aarp kind of, kind of generation <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well i think that um i think you're sort of alluding to the fact that we all need to get a little bit more comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, I, I think I think you alluded to the title of making maybe people uncomfortable for a variety of reasons. And I think sort of succumbing to that discomfort is the reason why, you know, these sort of systems continue and because we don't talk about it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's sort of something that I try to keep at the front of my head and with it. Okay. So what, yeah. what in, in broad strokes, I realize you're, Realize you're still formatting and, and yeah. defining the event, but in broad strokes, what will take place? Have you thought about whether it be so? In terms mm-hmm. of like the general theme that you know informs the title is that in school, in academia in general, and a lot of extracurriculars, um, students feel really good about doing service initiatives, mm-hmm. um, but they're not critical enough about are you doing good? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they feel, you know, I volunteered in this place or I started this initiative. I, I feel really good about that. I can put it on my CV. Uh, I can commodify it in some way to advance my, um, my professional standing, um, my career path. But we want students and community members and, you know, leaders within various institutions yes. within the city to really be critical about, Am I doing this to, am I doing this act of service or advocacy to better myself or am I truly bettering mm, the community mm, that mm. I am, you know, mm. exploiting to get, you mm-hmm. know, um, funding dollars, mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. research dollars, research dollars, yes, funding mm-hmm. dollars, not-for-profit mm-hmm. dollars, all mm-hmm. of these things. Um, and, you know, there are various books and we plan to bring speakers to talk about like the non-for-profit industrial complex mm. um, and how... There is a business around yes. disaster relief. And there you know, is New a, Haven is kind of high on the chart in terms of nonprofits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I am, you know, I'm a first generation Haitian American. Uh-huh. Uh, my parents are from Haiti. It's known as the Republic of NGOs. Hmm. There are a lot of people running around with good intentions, but we haven't gotten anywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and you okay. have to really sit down and say, stop, pause. There's all of this money going around, but what is it really mm. serving? Mm. Whose pockets are it, mm. is it going into? Um, are you working into a system that, you know, capitalizes off of good intentions and wanting to make you seem like the hero in this latest white savior movie? But are you really just making money in a way that perpetuates the mm. status quo? Mm. 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 Um, and so we want to have an event that really asks those difficult questions. Tremendous. I mean, we're trying to bring in thinkers and organizers and um, people from NGOs to have a very honest, candid discussion about that. Because I think in college in particular, we have a lot of good intentions, mm-hmm. but um, I think our idealism kind of uh, is a little stronger than our wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say don't do anything, but 
don't stop questioning mm. once you start doing those things. Mm. We, have, we have about, and Robert, so, so, so well said, we have maybe uh, seven or eight more minutes. Uh, Carrie, on your list, are there any other activities as well? Because I really want people to see how substantive and tangible and just, even if, if you might be listening to the Tom Ficklin show today and, and might even be, be questioning Robert and criticizing whether this is needed or whether or not this is pie in the sky, there, there's ways to kind of, uh, kind of encounter and chat with people. So so so. I'm gonna read one off. And read it off. Read it, it. read it off. <laughs> so on October 5th, we're having a potluck, um, and this is the cool thing that we do as a collaborative. Yeah. And it's just about bringing people together, eating some food, and having mm-hmm. a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the name of this potluck is the Power to Heal Book Talk: Civil Rights, Medicare, and the Struggle to Transform America's Healthcare System. Yeah. So it's a a, a book that was I think published maybe a year or so ago, um, and it's about. Um, late 1960s when um, Medicare was first mm. um, rolled mm. out mm-hmm. and how it was um, rolled out right after, you know, the, the civil rights bill yes. was um, established and they used the civil rights bill and the Medicare rollout um, strategically to desegregate all hospitals in the United States. Mm. And the unique thing, you mean hospitals were segregated. Yes. Prior extremely. To that? Yes. Um, I now think, you tell me, <laughs> I think, <laughs> Could have told me sixty-eight years ago. Uh, I didn't have choice back then. No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, so right. the book it, it talks about health policy. It's a bit of history. Um, just understanding how um, prominent leaders within the civil rights movement, um, organizers, activists, physicians, like worked with the federal government to ensure that all hospitals um, desegregated, mm. um, and not just had plans to desegregate, mm-hmm. but actually desegregated mm. before mm. they had access to Medicare dollars. Mm. Um, and I think the book provides an excellent historical perspective um, to understand like why our health system um, or our health market or whatever you want to call it, healthcare in the United States works the way it does. Like, why do we have hospitals next to hospitals? Why are some hospitals like, you know, St. Rayfield's versus Yale New Haven Hospital? And it, it really kind of informs, um, it speaks to a past where there was a hospital for every type of people. Uh-huh. Um, there was a hospital for, for Jews. There was a hospital for di- what denomination of Christianity you were. Mm-hmm. There was a public hospital right, for Catholic everyone system. else. Right, um, yeah. and you know, there were hospitals that were private, um, mm-hmm. that only certain groups had access to. Um, and the Medicare, um, bill in the late sixties really helped to like break that all down. Indeed. 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 And so that's what the book talk is going to be. And so it's when and where again? Um, That is going to be on October 5th. We haven't confirmed the location, but if you check out the website and the Facebook group, we always um, update people as the dates approach. Let's let's, let's rock and roll with some (laughs) some more of the other ones. I want to tease people as we kind of wind down that you guys are not just blowing smoke, but you're really actively involved and you're you're studying too. Okay. So um, October 10th, we're having a discussion in collaboration with the... um, Yale Biomedical Ethics Group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called an Introduction to Medical Racism. Um, we're inviting Professor John Hoberman from Texas, mm-hmm. who's going to give a history and a historical analysis of the history of racism within um, the healthcare fraternity, within like the medicine fraternity boy, of medicine. Boy, boy, and again, you listen to the Tom Ficklin show. And we could go on for another boy, <laughs> two, two hours on this. Uh, I want to give everyone last last word and what last thoughts that you have. Did you have another event you want to, to reference over here? Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. we'll just mention two more. Okay. October thirtieth, speaking event with Victoria Sweet, who's the author of Slow Medicine: The Way to Healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on November thirtieth, we're going to have a potluck around compassion and gender stereotypes in healthcare professions. 
and think, people people can find these on your yeah on our website and especially on the Facebook group. And the website is, is again is um, Yale USHJ dot wix site which is w-i-x-s-i-t-e dot com and we'll be able to post this, this yeah. these links yes, as well that's the people, most important just get connected with here. us because mm-hmm. community building relationship building that is liberation work that's mm-hmm. how we get things done that's mm-hmm. how we allow this to be sustainable if it's not sustainable it's not happening so let these teasers whet your appetite and then come out let's Absolutely. let's work together yeah. to do this so, yeah. so that was his last word All right <laughs> karen carrie oh well, just just I think reiterating everything that's been said, and you know, thank you for having us all on. No, yeah. no, we got we got <laughs> nice, nice try, nice try. Hey, nice try. D- d- dig deep, dig yeah. dig a little deeper. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. All right, so come on out to the Little Red Hen. So we work in the garden. Um, it's at thirty two Meat Street every Saturday from eleven thirty to one thirty. And roughly, where's that? What, where's that located? So that's over um, sort of between St. Race and Et Grasso in the West River neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll put the location in. Yeah. And we'll come see Stacy last. And way. I think it's just an amazing, like the Little Red Hen and working there is amazing. Um, happened long before the U.S. Health Justice Collaborative mm-hmm. was in existence, before I've gotten to New Haven. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful that, you know, it was bringing young people together. Um, Stacy was there and a lot of older the older generations were there as well. And I think you don't always need a, a thesis to bring people together. Yes. Sometimes you just learn incredible things, just sweating next to the person, like digging things up, putting your hands in the dirt. Um, and that's when those strong bonds of relationship happen. Oh. So any young people who want to come out and Indeed. like hang out with med students or with Stacy and just like collect the wisdom, share your wisdom yes. um, would be really, really important. Tremendous, tremendous. Thank you, everyone. Again, this is the Tom Ficklin Show. I really have had the pleasure of speaking with Raheel Rajiani and Robert Rock and, and Carrie uh, uh, Ringelheim. Weisenthal? Karen? Yeah, Carrie Weisenthal. Weisenthal. What, one of those. It's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in that general realm, realm of, of speak. Another Carrie, Carrie Weisenthal. Another, another shout out for her. Um, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you, everyone. You're going to come back. We're going to check the site. We'll send out the, the, these notices. Uh, really important about whether you believe in social change or social justice or just change or just growth. Just, just basic growth and, and, and humanity, however you want to kind of define it. There's something for everyone. And you, and you, you three really are good, uh, epitomize what it means to be, be sincere and authentic and whatever your purpose or passion is. So thank you again for, for being here. And this is the Tom Ficklin Show. And we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. We faced them storms. Now you gon' face the dawn you waiting for. I said from night to dawn. I write my wrongs alone. In competition with warnings. Ice galore. Now I'm running toward that my life to finish being a quitter. But little, little by little, they joking, telling some riddles. Now I'm in my section. They ain't willing to give up. Know you getting knocked down, but you gotta get up. I'm never gon' give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up.